Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have uh, Todd Davis here with me at the World Business Forum in uh, Milan. Welcome to my podcast, Todd. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So as a way of intro, Todd Davis is the Chief People Officer at Franklin Covey. He has over 30 years of experience in human resources, talent development, executive recruiting, sales, and also marketing. He's the author of Franklin Covey's upcoming book, Get Better, and uh, 15 Proven Practices to Build Effective Relationships at Work, and also co-author of Talent Unleashed, Three Leadership Conversations to Ignite the Unlimited Potential in People. Todd, just to kick off with um, one, uh, I think, important question for all of us is, what is your why? What is the impact you want to create? Well, I thrive on seeing people accomplish things that they didn't think was possible to do. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Gallup Strengths Finder, yeah. if they use that here. And one of my strengths is developer. And when I read that, when I took the Gallup survey and read that, I thought that makes so much sense because I really, I mean, I certainly get excitement out of my own accomplishments, but I really, even since I was young, I really valued being able to teach someone something they didn't know, or at least help them learn something and then see them take off and be successful. So that's a lot of where I get my passion from. Is there any particular transformational point in your life that have influenced you the most? that you see kind of connecting the dots to now? I've had, like all of us, I've had some struggles in my life, some disappointments and some hardships. And I realize now that I'm older, that those all served a purpose, that they helped strengthen my character, who I am. They helped me to be more, have more empathy for others when they're going through struggles. And I can remember when something similar happened to me or whatever, so I can, I don't think any of us can ever say, oh, I know exactly how you feel, but it helps me to relate better to people. My father, who passed away many years ago, he had a huge influence in my life because he was just a giver. He was someone who lived a life of service and took care of others. And so that was a great foundation for me to always have a mindset of leaving something better than I found it or trying to make a contribution or helping. Mm. And you, you gave a fantastic speech uh, oh, thank here you. at the Wobby conference. And there was like a line of I don't know, maybe kilometer just to get signatures for your, <laughs> wow, on your that's book. so nice. And so you really resonate with people. Thank you. Uh, with your message. What is it that you would define as a long-term formula for uh, businesses that you would believe in? You know, what is that one thing that is like striking formula? Well, I think technology and strategy, those things are always evolving and those are all great and they help us to grow and move our businesses forward. I think what can happen and what smart businesses are aware of is the human element and the people factor. And that's what I'm all about, is that while we have all this technology and we have smarter and better ways of doing things, we still need people and people need to feel valued. So I try and remember that in every conversation, every time I sit down with someone, every time I have a meeting, I try and remember first and foremost, this is someone's son or daughter. This is someone's partner or spouse or, or brother or sister. And this is a real person. And while they, while I know them at work and I know what they do here, they also have a life outside work and they have hopes and dreams and disappointments and challenges. 
And some people will think, well, that's not my business, but I think it is your business yeah. because you want to, as we say at Franklin Covey, address the whole person. You want to keep in mind and interact with the whole person, not just the worker person you, you interact with at work. And so I think that mindset would serve businesses well to remember that these are talented individuals and more and more, people have so many opportunities to go anywhere and they're going to go where they feel most valued and most appreciated. So I think we've got to remember first and foremost that these are human beings. And what did you mainly you think learn from working closely to Stephen Covey? Well, he was a phenomenal teacher and that's what he chose to be called as a, more than anything else, a teacher. He spoke all the time about you manage things, you lead people. And so very inspiring. I think Stephen, much of what I've already said came from Stephen. It's just that the deepest need of the human heart is to feel understood. He would say that often. And I, I remember that all the time that take time to understand people, whether it's my boss, who's the CEO of our company, or it's someone who reports to me, take time to understand them. Once somebody feels understood, then they're ready to be influenced. But we can't influence people and, and for the good unless they really feel understood. So that was probably the biggest takeaway from the years and years that I worked with Dr. Covey. Deep insights like that yes. are yes. typically simple, but so deep. That's exactly right. The comment I hear most frequently from people who have bought my book and read it is that it's so simple that we have forgotten it. It's a very practical and simple book, but it's kind of the basic things that we sometimes unintentionally get away from that have the biggest impact. Mm. And if you would assume that you have all doors open and all resources available to you, is there anything you would immediately rush to innovate or change, you know, be it in your sector or elsewhere? I'm from the US and the political climate in the US is pretty tragic right now, I would say. We have opinions and emotions that have escalated so highly that it's really out of control. I think I'll just stay down here in Italy for a while. <laughs> so if I could wave a magic wand and there was something that I could have an immediate impact on, it would be to bring civility back into, especially in the US right now, the politics that are there and to have everybody take a step back and say, wait a minute, it's okay that we see things differently, but let's treat each other with respect and with civility while we share our differences of opinions. Now, maybe that's too high-minded, but that's where my number one focus is right now in my heart. <laughs> and um, if there's one piece of advice to leaders, what would that be? We don't take enough time to consider the other person's opinion. I think a great leader, as important as she or he is and how many decisions they have to make and some big business they're running, they need to slow down and take the time to really understand the people on the front line, other people in the company, take the time to understand them. They'll have better and stronger answers and more answers if they will take the time to do that than if they will spend all this time up in their high tower office trying to figure out the answers. So that would be the advice I would give. And let's say if you would give an advice to yourself, uh... 15 years ago or so? <laughs> Is there any reflection? I love that question too. I think I would have more courage. As we get older, we seem to have more courage or maybe we don't care what anybody thinks anymore. <laughs> but, but when we're younger, we're so afraid of making the wrong step or saying the wrong thing. Now, I don't mean my advice to me would be to offend people or, or courage that way. But I think I would say it's okay to be outspoken with respect always with respect, but share your opinions. Don't hold back. It's not always the people now my age that have all the answers. In fact, you have much better answers than I do. So, so I think 
just to have a little more courage in speaking your mind and saying what you feel and what you think. Mm. And how do people find their purpose if they don't know what it is and they just feel, I want to do something meaningful, yes. be part of something meaningful, also at work, of course. How do I go about that? How do I know what it is? What's yes. your advice? I would take some reflective time and I would answer for myself a few key questions. I would go by myself and I would write down when am I most, when am I the happiest? I would write down situations of when I'm the happiest. What activity, not job, not the jobs I've had, but what activity like, for instance, brainstorming. Do I get really passionate whenever we have a brainstorming project at work? What are the activities where I can tell I get most passionate about? Answer that question. Answer another question. At the end of my life, and hopefully that's many, many years for all of us, what do I want people to say about me? Write that down. And I find that when you go through a process, like some key questions like that, you know, what am I happiest at doing? What gets me most passionate? What do I want to be known for? What do I not like? If I'll write those things down, it'll start to give me some direction about this is the type of work I should be doing, or this is the type of thing I should be involved in. What do you think is the most important thing for companies to focus on right now? If there is, you know, one common denominator that we all should. You know, in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which many people around the world are familiar with, it's been on the bestseller list for 29 years. Stephen talked about the goose and the golden egg. There's a farmer and he goes out and this goose has laid a golden egg and he can't believe it. And he takes the egg to market and sure enough, it's real. And the next morning he goes out, have you heard this before? And he finds that this goose is laying golden eggs and he gets so excited, but he also gets impatient. So he ends up cutting off the head of the goose because he wants more golden eggs all at once. And he reaches down and there are no more golden eggs. And now there's no more golden eggs ever because he's killed the very thing that produced the golden eggs. Stephen talked about this and he called it production and production capability. And you've got to have a PPC balance, production and production capability. And I think organizations, ours included, sometimes we get so anxious for the results, the production, that we unintentionally kill the production capability, the goose, the very thing that's producing the results. So I think my advice to organizations would be to step back and make sure that you're taking care of the talent, the employees, because they're the people that produce your results for you. Don't get so focused on the results that you don't invest in the people to then produce those results. It's a balance. So true. To finish off on a quite big question, but I think it's still very important, is that what do you think is the world needs most at this time? I love the question, and again, I'm coming from a current climate or culture in the U.S., but I think the world, again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm too high-minded, but I think the world just needs civility. I think we need to all step back and re-examine or examine the way we treat each other. We're obviously a very different world, country to country, even within own countries, very different cultures and mindsets and the ways we do things, but I think respect is or can be worldwide. I think respect for one another and civility for one another can be worldwide regardless of the country or culture you're from. So mm. that was a great question. <laughs> we got here at the Wobi conference this um, pack of your 15 um, get better practices that are really great, good reminders and good lessons. If you would pick just one or two of those and just tell us about it. We have this set of cards that you were just talking about that has a, as each of the practices are written, the cards are designed after the chapters of the practices and there's an application for each practice. For example, on practice four, play your roles well. 
which is about deciding what are the most important roles in your life, both professional and personal, and what is the significant contribution you hope to make in each one of those roles. And so the application that's at the back of the chapter and also on the back of each of these cards is to take some time and identify the five most important roles in your life, okay? Both professional and personal, write them down. And then write down someone who is influenced by you in that role. So if I write down the role of project leader and I've got 10 people on my project, I'll write down one of their names, okay? And then if I'm a father, which I am, and I'll write, and I have four children, but I'll write down one of their names. And then I ask people to take the time to write out if that person were writing a glowing review about you or giving you a tribute of some kind, what would you hope they would say about you in your role as project leader or in your role, in my case, as father? It might not be what they would say today, but if they were giving you this wonderful review in three sentences or four sentences, what would they say? And I have people write that down. And it's so interesting how that starts to cause us to focus more, even if those relationships are already in a really good place, it takes it to a new level. The next time I see that person on my team or the next time I see my son, I remember I want to be an outstanding or remarkable father or remarkable project leader. And it keeps my focus and the center line on putting the relationships first. So that's one of the examples of what we do in these practices. Great. Asking these questions, what is, do you think, advantage about talking about these questions that we just went through? I don't think, at least in my experience, I've never heard a speech or gone through a course, even for several days, and then changed, okay? I've been inspired and I've had the desire to change, but it's just the repetition over and over again. So I think talking about it, continually focusing on it, the cards that you mentioned, I have those on my desk and I just rotate them every day. So it's it's something that we're continually working on and keeping it top of mind. But like everything, we can talk about it or we can talk about it and then take steps to actually change. And it doesn't happen overnight, it doesn't happen all at once, it's incremental. How was it to be on the podcast? Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, this has been a great day, great to meet you and others that I've done interviews with. It's my first trip to Italy. I've never been to Italy before. I've been to other European countries, never to Italy, and everyone I meet is so passionate and warm and engaging. You can tell that people really take an interest in each other here. Great. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for sharing. You're a wonderful person. And uh, to find out more, where could people head to? So if they go to www.getbetterbook.com, it's getbetterbook.com, there's a way to contact me and there's all the information there about our company and about the book. Okay, great. And uh, you'll also find links and show notes on corporateunplugged.com slash podcast. Uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast and share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Share it with the people you know would benefit from hearing it. Thanks for listening and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao!